Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical reverend. Dr. Sean is a proud U.S. military veteran, former law enforcement officer, founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through his riveting national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This show is biblically and politically engaged in the battle to save our country with a pedal to the metal with this Sunday's edition of Sundays with Dr. Sean. Buckle up. Here's your host, the author of the critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America. Reverend Dr. Sean, the Ninja Master, with today's message. All right, all right. Thank you for joining us all across the country. Thank you for joining us here. Great bunch of people. Great bunch of people. Uh, we have Wes taking care of making sure no food goes to waste. So we have all kinds of great food today. We got some Mexican food. Are we still allowed to say that, by the way, Mexican food? Or do we have to say, is there some other term I'm supposed to use? Southwestern. Southwestern. Uh, we have ice cream. We have, looks like homemade cobblers, strawberry shortcake, fried chicken, matzo balls. Uh, chicken we've got the uh, it's what do we call that uh the mexican dish taco taco casserole. taco casserole really really good stuff all kinds of good stuff awesome and we have cheesecake just so you know just in case you were fearful that we didn't have something to eat <laughs> that is most assuredly a problem we do not have here in this kehala so today we offer a prayer for an, a prayer for an american hero i'm not going to say his name i'm a little bit incensed at the uh, american press that they release the name of the Master Sergeant uh, Career Army Delta Force member that went in uh, and with the Kurds that we trained and was killed. It's the first um, first uh, U.S. loss other than CIA and, and other, which of course we don't hear about. Uh, but the first loss the U.S. has taken in fighting ISIS. So he was the one bad dude. He died doing what he does best and. Um, we, uh, our hearts go out to their family. They are now gold star families. You can hear more about this on tomorrow's show. This show last week, we had 42,145 listeners to the show last week, all around the world, some crazy places. Uh, and in fact, one of the people that, um, one of the people that reached out to me said, you don't actually have all that food. You people must be rich. And the thing I think we fail to remember is how blessed we are here. If we want to keep our blessings, we need to be vigilant. We need to be vigilant on our borders. So you can, uh, I was asked to remind you folks where you can hear all the different stuff that we do here. TheNinjaPastor.com, any, basically anything we do is going to be there as well. Um, we are also on the Minuteman, I'm now a writer for the Minuteman blog, or I'm sorry, not the Minuteman blog, the Minority Report blog. It'd be good for me to know what the name of it is. But we're very fortunate. We had uh, one of the posts uh, went from 70 to 100 and some thousand reach uh, in about, I guess, eight or nine hours. So it's crazy. It's just a crazy thing. There's a lot of good writers there. I'm a journeyman. I'm not used to writing short, little pithy things. I'm used to writing longer things. But you can, you can follow me there. Uh, go to, this is a funny name I know, Impeach Nancy Pelosi on the, the Facebook there. There's a page that everything that I write is posted there as well. Or you could subscribe to the Minority Report blog. Um, also, you can subscribe here, blogtalkradio.com backslash the Ninja Pastor. That's how you're going to hear everything that we do. So we do, um, we do have a lot of very important things to talk about today. I'm, if I can get through this, I think I will. And by the way, folks, chat is open. But our mic is not on. Let's see why it keeps going off, keeps shutting off. While we're back, hopefully you folks didn't drop off. <laughs> People are telling me, hey, I can't hear you. So I apologize for that. It's always something technically, isn't it? It's always something. And it's it, my weakest thing in all the stuff that I do. Technology is most assuredly my weakest thing. I hate it. Uh, but what are you going to do? By the way, we also have, speaking of technology, we also have a YouTube page 
uh, The Ninja Pastor. If you go to YouTube and type in The Ninja Pastor, you can see brief little, quick little videos. So today we're going to talk about some really important things. We're going to talk about the potential sources of fear in the world, the potential sources of fears in eternity, wherever you're prepared to spend eternity, and the medical physiological impact and effect of faith on the human body, the brain and the mental outlook of a human being experiencing and living faith. Now, last week we talked about the difference between linear and oscillating uh, stress. Right? Remember, linear is just, it just never goes away. It's, it's just, it's unrelenting. It just stays on you. And we talked about some of the different things. Chronic illness, divorce, um, death of a spouse, death of a child, uh, you know, lack of a job, lack of financial resources, living in a war-torn country. Folks, the people in Israel, to live the way that they live, as joyful as they live. We keep dropping our mic here. I'm not sure what's going on. Hmm. Well, let's just see here. I don't know. Well, what we're going to do is we are going to change the battery so if you all can hang on. We hopefully will be able to do this super fast, like uh, lightning quick. Yeah, too, too late for that. Um, but anyhow, I don't even know if I have. I normally have extra batteries, but unfortunately... I can't locate them. So, and the batteries were fine. This is why I think the uh, the enemy the enemy messes with us. I need a magazine to carry my batteries, like I do for my extra rounds. Um, but anyhow, up oh, here we go. Question is, are they charged? Uh, but anyway, we'll keep recording because I have a redundant mic. I do hate technology, but guess what? We have a redundant mic so we'll be able to post this on the website so anyway all that said to say you know the people in Israel they are dealing with terrible terrible stress terrible terrible stress they can't catch a break and yet when it comes to celebrate and observe Shabbat what do they do they celebrate and observe Shabbat what do you think the difference for them is? What do you think the difference for them is? Any clues? Why, why do the Israelis find some way, despite terrible, terrible stress, why do the Israelis find a way to celebrate? Why, why would they celebrate anything? Listen, there's people being hacked to death in Israel. Hacked to death. You understand that, right? I mean, the American press isn't making a big deal out of it because our president has decided to side with Hamas and Palestinian terrorists and um, Iran and all this stuff. And because he's decided to side with them, the American press has taken his lead and they've backed off and you just don't hear about it. The hacking, the driving over of people, and God bless the people, Oklahoma, what was it, Oklahoma State? OSU, but did you also hear that Delaware State University had seven people run over a similar type of thing yesterday, and they canceled all homecoming uh, festivities. I, I don't know what's going on with people. Drunk driving, they figure, for both of them. So, so we're going to talk today about the medic. And, and last week, we really we went deep, like I said, the linear and the oscillating, and the, which is better, oscillating, right? Because you get a break periodically. You get to take a breath. And then you're strengthened to go back in to the fight. You're strengthened. It makes you stronger. Stress actually makes you stronger if it's oscillating. If it's linear, it just tears you down. The other thing that might be something that worries you sick and creates that linear stress is worrying about where you're going to spend eternity. Some people say, well, I don't care. It's where you're going to be the longest ever. I think today is the day to start caring. So the medical, physiological impact and effect of faith on the human body, the brain, and the mental outlook of a human being experiencing and living faith. Remember what I say all the time. Hesitant faith is no faith at all. Hesitant faith is no faith at all. It's not about the external circumstances driving how you recognize and appreciate and live out your faith. It does not matter. 
what the circumstances are. Your faith is your faith, and it needs to not be hesitant. It has to be strong. It has to be lived out, experienced and lived out. Bear this in mind. The word fear is in the complete Jewish Bible. You hear me read from different translations, but primarily I'll read from the Jewish Bible, the complete Jewish Bible. But in the complete Jewish Bible, fear is mentioned just simply the word fear 247 times. 247 times. I want to read you some verses, and, and hopefully we can get through this, and then we'll be finished with this this week, and then we'll, we'll uh, move on to our next series, which um, I'm not going to tell you what it is. You might get a hint about it at tomorrow's show, just FYI. That's just a plug. Same station, blogtalkradio.com backslash the ninja pastor. We have uh, we just went over 540, 531,000, something like that on that show. Crazy. Crazy, I know. So do not fear, for I am with you. Seems like it should stop right there. But we always need more, don't we? We always need more. We need more. We're so needy. We're such needy people. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's Isaiah 41.10. There's a lot in that verse. I could spend an hour talking about that verse alone, but I want to touch on just a couple of things, and then we're going to buzzsaw through these because we have a lot to get through. Do not fear. Listen, sometimes some statements are, are somewhat cryptic. Don't you think sometimes in the Bible there's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of metaphor, there's analogy, there's all these different things, and sometimes it is a little bit confusing, understanding, because we have a language gap. The Bible wasn't spoken in English. It wasn't written in English. It wasn't thought in English. It was thought originally, predominantly, in Hebrew. And then translated to Greek. And then translated to... And then translated to... And then finally English. So they didn't think in English. So there's some complex things there. But this is very simple. Do not fear. Why? Why don't we fear? Because I'm with you. I'm not nearby. I'm not in another state. I'm not, hey, we'll be there for you. I'm here, soul deep inside you. If you've placed your faith in me, if you believe in the ever-living Hashem, if you believe in God, and you've placed your faith, and you believe that Yeshua HaMashiach, His Son Jesus Christ, went to the cross, suffered and bled and was tortured and died and was buried in a borrowed tomb and gained victory over the grave, for us. If you believe that, if you believe that, you understand that He's deep within you. But maybe if you're listening, you don't know what this means. Maybe this is, for I am with you. What does that mean, I'm with you? What about if you're going through the, the, the biggest trial of your life? My friend Chris Cahalan, we have praise news there. He's got a surgery date coming up. Uh, he's going through one or two more rounds of chemo, and then he's going to go ahead and have surgery. So we're praying that they can do life-saving surgery for him. His tumor markers went from 2,200 down to 386 or 346, which is amazing. So we're praying that the tumor markers go down even further with this, this round and the, sec and the next round of chemo. So, but for Chris, see, I know Chris. I know how he thinks. I know how his mind works. I get the text in the middle of the night, and sometimes I wake up and I send him a text, and we talk about God. We talk about real faith. And it's funny because he wants me to go to Guatemala with him in January on a mission trip. He's sending me the application so I fill it out and be ready. There's all kinds of other things. He's thinking about other things in his life, how he can live out his, his faith in God. So do not fear. Folks, fear cripples us. It cripples us. It keeps us from doing what we need to do in our lives. Not just for our daily activities, our activities of daily living, but for our serving God, for our living out our purpose, why we're here even in the first place. Fear cripples us. Have you ever had to make a really big decision? A really, really tough decision. What am I going to do about this or that? 
And either way in the decision, it's a very difficult decision. It's a very painful decision. Maybe you make this decision, you really hurt someone. You really hurt someone, but it's the right thing to do. Maybe if you make this decision, the other people aren't hurt as bad, but you're really hurt. How about a decision we have people, so many people in here, I hate cancer so much, I can't begin to tell you, who have lost people to cancer. Uh, so many people in here who are dealing with cancer now in their bodies. I know so many people that cancer is just, you know, but cancer is a word, not a sentence. And here's the crazy thing. I know people that have been told you have cancer. And the first thing out of their mind is, okay, what are we going to do now? How are we attacking this? Who's the best? Let's find the best. Who are the best doctors? Show me where the best doctors are and I will go to the best doctors and we will get it all done and we'll fight this thing and we'll kick it in the teeth. You know who ends up beating cancer? That guy. The person who gets a cancer diagnosis that says, oh, oh, my lands, what am I going to do? Oh, I can't go on. I can't face it. It's too hard. It's too tough. I'm afraid. We have some warriors right here that say, hey, I'm, I'm going forward. God's got me. His will be done. Right down the road, one of my best friends ever got, had a cough he couldn't shake. Yeah, as a young man, giant tumor inside his chest from non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. He and his wife teamed up and said, okay, let's find the best doctors, the best treatment. We're going to fight this thing. We're going to change our diets so that we're as healthy as we can possibly be. We're going to make sure you have rest. We're going to decrease the level of stress in your body. He had a very stressful job, still has a very stressful job. By the way, he got cancer in the teeth. I have a friend that called me right before my father's funeral. And she said, she, she gave me her symptoms. I don't know why people do this, but they do. She gave me her symptoms. She was young, a competitive athlete. I mean, a, a really competitive athlete, a serious athlete, very successful in her business, younger than 30. And she said, Doc, you know, what do you make of this? What should I do? She was trying to decide whether she wanted to run a marathon coming up or what was up because she kept coughing when she ran. I said, listen, hon, this is what you need to do. You need to find this kind of doctor. You need to go to that doctor. You need to have these tests done. And after you have those tests done, he's going to tell you one of two things. You either have serious viral pneumonia or you have lung cancer. And she laughed. She said, I've never smoked. I don't smoke. I live a healthy lifestyle. Have you seen me? I'm kind of fit, more fit than you. I don't think so, Greener. And I said, whatever you do, do it today. She says, as in today, she gets off the phone. She calls her doctor. She goes over. She gets the test done. They say, where's your husband? You need to have your husband come in. And it turned out she had uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma, stage four, a diagnosis. Stage four. She had two stem cell rescues, much like the hero that just walked in the room, the survivor that walked in the room, two stem cell rescues. She was super sick for a, over a year. They said, you'll never have children. She's got three of the most beautiful children you ever saw in your life. They said, you won't, if you survive this, you're not going to be able to run again. You're not going to be able to do competitive athletes. She had just finished her last treatment and she ran a marathon. She kicked cancer in the teeth. Why? Because she said, I'm not quitting. Her attitude was no fear. Oh, and by the way, she believed in God. She believed that she was created by a holy creator the Holy Creator. So do not fear. People say that is so uh, pedantic, so childish to say, do not fear. Oh, it's just so simple for you. I have lots of things to fear. I have lots of things, terrible things. But I just don't fear. You just can't live in fear. Why not? Because I am with you. Who's the I? Most Holy God. Most holy God, He is with us. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. There's nothing better, folks, than a personal God. There's nothing better than your God. Except when we twist that, we recreate God in our own image, and we say, well, but my God wouldn't this or that. But my God wouldn't this thing or that thing. But He's your God. He's your personal God. He loves you personally and intimately. He knows every detail about you because He knit you 
every fiber. I will strengthen you and help you. We don't have to stay weak. We don't have to stay fearful and weak. We can be strengthened in Christ Jesus. We can be strengthened with the hand of God. We can be strengthened in the knowledge that we are created by not an amazing God. We are rather created by the amazing God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. Folks, you don't have to do it alone. You don't have to do it alone. You don't have to go through the things that scare you, the bumps in the night. Some of you have lost your spouses, married for a long time. Last week, we, we uh, said goodbye to my Uncle Carrie. 50 years they celebrated this year of marriage, Aunt Carol Uncle Carrie. Now she's got to go on with life. It's scary. We have someone here very similar. It's very scary, but you don't have to do it alone because I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Another verse, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. The psalmist said in Psalm 56, 3, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Where does he put his faith? Where does he put his trust? In the one person, Hashem, God, Adonai Elohim, the one who created all the world, the oceans and the lands, the stars held in the sky, everything held into orbit with the knitting of his hand. That is to whom we should put our eyes. We should lift our hands to heaven and we should say to God, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Praise God. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God if, there's your if, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. That's the then. I always talk about the if and the then. The if is this. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every, every situation, not some situations, not the situations that you see around the corner, not the ones that you know what's happening fully and completely, but the ones... The whole situation is in God's hands. You don't see how He's going to work it out. You don't know what He's going to put in front of you. God bless you. You don't know what He's going to put in front of you. You don't know how He's going to reach His hand. You don't see it. You don't see the breakup of a marriage and, and, and alcoholism and danger and all these things. You don't see how God's going to fix that. You don't see how God's going to rescue your broken heart over the loss of a spouse or the loss of a father or a mother. You don't see it. You don't see it at the time. You don't see it at the time. But just then, God puts a church right in your path. Just then, God puts a kehala on your path. Listen, there's a linear stress of your spouse being overseas at war. We open this show today with prayers for a master sergeant that literally gave his life for our freedom. Delta Force is no joke, folks. You've heard of Navy SEALs, SEAL Team 6, DevGrew? That's the army version of that. They're some of the baddest dudes on the planet. And he gave his life. It's scary when you have somebody deployed. That's why when someone says, hey, we'll pray for you. If you say that to our dear sister right there, when you say that, you better mean it. Every day. Type her out a message. Say, hey, we're praying for you. Type out a message to our brother that's overseas and say, hey, we're praying for you. Anything you need. How can I help you? And no, I'm not sending you brownies. You need to be in shape. Yeah, we ate them all. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation. How? How? By prayer and petition with thanksgiving. We don't pray with hesitant faith. Hesitant faith is no faith at all. We don't pray, God, if you're real and if you're feeling powerful today, maybe you could see fit if you can to work in this situation for your will. No. It says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, I'm praying to you, Father, because I know you're the only one that can hear me and rescue me in this place and in this time and in this suffering and sorrow in my life. You're the only one that can fix it. I know this, and I'm going to praise you in this storm and through this prayer 
of petition. I'm praising you because I know there's no point in me speaking into the air if I'm not going to believe that you are the God who hears my prayers, who answers my prayers, who keeps my tears in a bottle. I'm thanking you, Father, for listening. I'm thanking you for being a Father who rescues. Present your request to God. That's what he's asked us to do. Present your request to God. That's the if. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Let me tell you. Which transcends all understanding. Folks, sometimes, my buddy Chris out in, out in Minnesota, let me just tell you, he's, he's a, a smooth operator. He's a cool dude. My buddy Eric fighting, um, fighting uh, multiple myeloma. My buddy, you know, he was given a 90 days. Two years ago, 90 days he was given. They, Social Security gave him disability right away. Doctor, doctor filled out all the paperwork, sent it all in. He didn't even know it. The check shows up at his house. He said, well, I guess they figured they're not going to have to write too many of these checks. He's the coolest cucumber ever. Grew up with him from kindergarten on. Cool cucumber. Chris, cool cucumber. Common. Something common. They, bo they both have a faith in God that transcends all understanding. People around them were erupting. Oh, oh, you've got multiple myeloma in it. You've got 90 days to live. Oh, my lands. That's the worst thing ever. And of course you would think that. You love your, 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 your father, your brother, your friend, all of these things, your neighbor. You love them and you get a diagnosis like that. That's a big deal. Chris, a diagnosis of pancreas cancer. Pancreatic cancer, listen, that's brutal because usually when you find it, it's so far along. And his was so far along. He didn't fall apart. He wrapped his arm around his wife and said, I love you and it's going to be okay because we serve a risen Savior. We don't serve somebody who's weak and hiding in a corner. Our Savior is not hiding in a corner. Try not to hear your prayers. Oh, I hope so-and-so doesn't bring their prayers to me because good lands, if they bring their prayers to me, then I'm really going to have something tough to do. No, He's in heaven saying, bring it on, folks. I love hearing from my children. Reach out and speak to me. Don't hide your fears from me. Give your fears to me. He'll guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Folks, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, that's the then. He will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Folks, He wraps around you if you're willing to accept Him. Truly and fully, daily accept Christ Jesus into your body, into your soul, into your heart, into your mind. And dare I say, into your mouth. So many Christians are afraid. I know several Christians that are in a business that is, is typically very, very liberal and very anti-God. And they're terrified to speak of their faith. Their faith is immense. Their love for God and their trust of God is immense, but they're afraid to speak of it. I'll lose business. Let me tell you, you live in God's economy. You live in God's economy. Don't nobody tell you to hide your lamp. Nobody tells you that. God says, put your lamp out there and let it shine for the world. You'll be hated because of me. But he'll guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Peace is what I leave with you. It is my own peace that I give you. I do not give it as the world does. Do not be worried and upset. Do not be afraid. John 14, 27. Look, you ever know a worry wart? How many of you know a worry wart? Just here in the audience, at home, people, if you're driving, don't put your both hands. Yeah, I know a worry wart. I was going to point at you. I didn't want to. Right? We know worry warts, folks. We know worry warts. And a lot of times when we go to the worry wart, the first thing the worry wart does is collapse. And then we start thinking, oh, maybe I better not go to this person with prayer for me because it's a bad situation. I have friends all over the world who we have a little text network. A little text button, thumbs, just buzzing. Prayer requests. And I'm talking serious stuff, folks. I'm talking serious stuff. And everybody in this network knows if I send it to so-and-so, they're going to pray. They're going to stop what they're doing unless they're flying an aircraft. 
then they might just press the autopilot button and pray right quick. But they're going to pray and they're going to believe that when they pray, they're praying to the, 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 the living God. The one who hears all of our prayers. The one who says, I want to intercede in your life. Peace is what I leave you. It is my own peace. Folks, don't go to a worry ward and say, hey, can you help me not worry? You know what they're going to help you do? They're going to help you worry. Don't go to that person. Go to the person who you know. Got a cancer diagnosis. Didn't skip a beat. Most of you in here didn't even know he had it, did you? Till all of a sudden, where's Jerry? Oh, he, he had cancer surgery. What? <laughs> Handled it. Handled it. I'm not saying that we shouldn't pray for each other. We shouldn't give each other our burdens and everything. But didn't no fear. Here it comes. Let's go. I sat with his beautiful bride there, and we sat there. It was a long day, wasn't it? <laughs> we thought it wasn't going to be that long of a day, but it was a long day. But you know what? We knew God had this handled. We knew he had the right attitude. Folks, your attitude, part of your attitude is grasping and grabbing this is the Father in heaven saying to you, peace is what I leave with you. This is, this is Yeshua Hamashiach, the Messiah. It is my own peace that I give you. I'm giving you what makes me so peaceful. There is no better peace than God's peace. He's not giving you a worry wart's peace. He's giving you His peace. He didn't worry about a thing. I do not give as the world does. Do not be worried and upset. Do not be afraid. Folks, it is normal for us to gravitate toward fear. It is normal for us to feel like, you know what, I just don't know what I'm going to do. Downstate, we say, what I'm going to do about this? What I'm going to do? Sometimes the bad thing happens. Eric said, my buddy Eric, 90 days to live. Well, I guess I better get about living. Two years later, He's still kicking. Praise God. Praise God. You know, Chris, people say things to him. People don't know what to say to people who are given such a terrible diagnosis. Pancreas cancer, you know, it's just, it's a grim diagnosis. People don't know what to say. What he says is, you know what? I serve a living God. I serve an amazing God. I serve a God who can handle this. He's handled far worse than this little bitty thing in me. I'm going to trust Him. I'm putting my faith... I'm leaning into Him. My faith isn't hesitant. He has this handled. His will will be done. It's my job to trust Him no matter what. God doesn't give as the world does. What do people in the world do? They give and then they take it back. You tick them off. Right? I'm going to help you, I'm going to help you, I'm going to help you. And then as soon as you say something that offends the person, whoop, well, that's it. That's it, I'm done. I ain't helping them no more. I ain't taking nothing over to their house. I'm not being around them. First thing they do. First thing, the world takes it back. They say, well, I'm out. I'm out. I was going to help you, but I'm out. Sometimes, you know what needs to happen? I'm going to tell you right now. If you are a worrier, somebody needs to say, get your stuff together. You better get your stuff together. You better stop all this worrying. Grab yourself back. You better get a hold of yourself. You better get a hold of God. You better stop all this worrying. Sometimes this little, this little business isn't what you need. The little stroking of the hand. Oh, you, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Sometimes you just say, hey, hey, come on now. You better get straight. That's what we say down south too. Get straight. You better get straight. You better get right. John 14, 27. Yeah, yeah. Down there. Whoa. Hey, look, I, can't, I can change a lot of things. I can't change that. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7 Listen, that fear that you feel, I need you to help identify it for me. Who do you think put that fear into you? The enemy. Satan. The devil, Beelzebub, the dark one, the one that folks are fixing to celebrate on Saturday. Man, I, I tell you, there's not a holiday, holiday, big air quotes, holiday I hate worse than Halloween. And folks, I'm just here to tell you, churches that have this harvest thing, I hate that. I hate it. You know what? Every light ought to be turned off. Every bit of that stuff, we should, we should reject. 
Reject that entirely. Amen. Reject it out of hand. We have no business celebrating Halloween in any form or fashion. And look, I love the little kids come up to the door talking about trick or treat. And the little ones, they can't barely talk. They got one tooth in their mouth and, you know, they're, they're waddling up. Their diaper's <laughs> awful. They're coming up here waddling, talking about... <laughs> You know, and they and they and then the mamas are there and the daddies are there. What do you say? What do you say? And they look at them like they're crazy in their head. I don't know what to say. This man's scary in front of me. I'd say, take me home. This guy's scaring me. Why am I standing in front of here? You know, I, I just, I'm not, I'm not, I love it. There's lots of sweet aspects of it, but the holiday in and of itself, it's just wrong. It's wrong. Yeah, enemies picking up a few new souls. It's a celebration. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of sound mind. Folks, if your mind is all twisted up and you've got this big decision, this thing that you are struggling with, and it's weighing on you, and you feel like you're going to crush under the weight, I'm here to tell you that is not from God. That's from the enemy. Reject it. And take in your soul the power and love and the sound mind that comes from God. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. That's 1 John 4.18. There's no fear in love. Folks, have, have you ever heard, have you ever heard of somebody that's just, they're, they're in love, they're married to somebody, but they're afraid of them. They're married to somebody. You better not say that. You better watch what you say. Right? How many of you have ever been around an alcoholic, been raised by an alcoholic or, or married to an alcoholic? You know, it, that's tough living, folks. That's tough living. Hardcore alcohol. That's tough living. How about somebody that's mad all the time? Somebody that's mad all the time. They're just mad. They're mad all the time. They yell and they scream. They stomp. And some people hit. Some people hit. I remember uh, one of the craziest calls when I was a police officer years and years and years ago. A lady was hiding in her closet, locked herself in her closet underneath her steps because her concrete worker uh, boyfriend, not even husband, boyfriend had ripped out the earring out of her son, her 14, 15-year-old son's ear, ripped that out, and then was rampaging through the house to try to get after her and he was going to kill her. And she was in such terrible fear. She was in such fear of him that when I got there and, and my rookie at the time, he is now retired, living the good life in Texas. Uh, when we kicked through two doors to get to him and we ensured that he wasn't going to hurt anybody, we searched the house. We couldn't find her and we heard whimpering cries coming from beneath the steps. She was shrunk shrunk up in the dark. Please, God, don't let him hit me again. Four days later, back when you could, she went in and she dropped charges and got beat up again and again and again. There is no fear in love. Folks, that's not love. That's not love. There is no fear in love. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought joy to my soul, the psalmist said. Psalm 94, 19. When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought joy to my soul. Folks, there's two words in there. There's two words in there we skip over, we read too fast. Was and brought. He is saying in the past tense. He's saying on the other side of when it was building up and I, and, I, and I forgot whose child I was and I forgot that the Almighty God was my Savior and friend. When I, I forgot, I was forgetting and the anxiety was building. The things of the world, the challenges that were coming against me and coming against me wouldn't give me a break. That linear stress. I remembered I remembered when anxiety was, was because I'm not living in that anymore. I'm past it, I'm over it, I'm through it. Your consolation, your consolation, folks, nothing else can help you. Listen, there's lots of things that can happen. There's lots of things that can happen 
to take worry and fear and anxiety from you. But the only thing that can take it for good is God. But now this is what the Lord says, Fear not, if you, for I have, because or then I redeemed you, I have summoned you by name, and you are mine. Let me read it again without my commentary. See if you get what I was saying. But now this is what the Lord says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Isaiah 43.1 If you fear not, He will redeem you. Look, folks, if, you're, if, if you were a young couple, I don't see any young couples up in here, but maybe at home there's some young couple up in here listening. <laughs> Uh, if you're a young couple and you know, you're just getting ready to have children and you have some kids and somebody talked to you about life insurance, they said, Hey, you know what? You've got these kids. You've got this wife. You need to have some coverage. You need to get some coverage. It's a responsible thing to do. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cause I've been worried sick over it. What in the world's going to happen to me if I lose my job uh, or if I die, if I die, what's going to happen to me? And someone says, you know what you should do? You should get you some life insurance. Okay. I'm going to go get me some life insurance. You get the life insurance you can afford what fits you, your situation the best. And if you still worry, what have you done? You've wasted money. Because you are transferring that worry and that anxiety away from you. Let it go. Let it go. This part of the verse I absolutely love. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the living God. I have set forth before you everything that is mine, and I have said you are not going to be taken by anyone else's. Why? Because you are mine. I summoned you by name. An anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. Proverbs 12, 25. Listen, folks, if you're the worrier, purse your lips and walk on by. If you're the worrier, you can't offer some, some, some positivity, positivity, keep on walking. Keep on walking. Do like this. Raise your hand. Mm, praise Jesus. Bless that fella. And get away from him before you start. the worry starts spilling out of your mouth. The anxiety starts. You keep on moving. You're not going to help him. Whatever you go, you know, somebody says, I'm real, real sick. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, you know, they give me a, a death sentence here. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pass. And then you go and sit with them. Whatever you're going to do. My goodness. If I were you, I'd be so worried. Keep moving. Run the vacuum. Shut up and run the vacuum. Do something for them. Watch their dishes. Mow their grass. Do something. Something that keeps you from talking to them. An anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. Proverbs 12, 25, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That's Psalm 23, 4. But let me say something you might not have heard before. Maybe you have. Even though I walk through. Doesn't say go around. It doesn't say go under. It doesn't even say go over. It says go through. Even though. Even though I walk through how many of you have ever uh, you heard of uh tony robbins anthony robbins the famous guy real tall six seven gigantic hands can palm a basketball but he's one of the most successful speakers of all time this thing is cut off again something is wrong with it oh well it is what it is we will just put this we'll put this uh backup recording out there on the internet so it'll take us a little while anyway all that said to say this I had the good fortune of going to one of his islands and being there with 13 other people. And one of the things you do is you walk the fire. It's the last night. It's the last night you walk the fire. You know what that is? That's a 20 foot long, 20 feet long, hot burning coals. You take a marshmallow, you throw it out there, it's consumed. It's consumed. By the way, he's a believer. People think he's some new agey guy. He's a believer. You should listen to his testimony. Dial up his testimony sometime on the internet. You'll be amazed. 
And you, they do this little thing where they toss the marshmallows out onto the... And I'm like, man, I got tender feet, y'all. There's a way to do it. There's a way to do it. But you know what you have to do? You can't run. You cannot run through there. You have to walk through. But you know what you have to do? Can't stop and camp out. Can't go, whoo, this is hot. Lord Jesus, this is hot. Mm, somebody turn on the air conditioning up in here. No, you don't stop. You don't stop. You keep moving, but you don't run. Folks, but you don't run. You walk through it. And you get through that other side, and there's a little place where you step that is cooling pads. And I've seen some people with blisters, but I did it three times, and I got not a blister one. I can't tell you why. I trusted God. I said, Father, this is, I got to break. I, my faith has to grow. Today's the day. Today's the day. I know other people just got a little bitty blister. Nothing, nothing more than that. And those are the ones that tried to run. You know what, what, what happens when you try to run on burning coals? You put even more pressure and you crush down and spreads the fire everywhere and your clothes catch on fire and you're like, oh Lord, I shouldn't have run. What am I doing? And you stop, you fear, you try to jump off the side. Doesn't work. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Joshua 1.9 Let me read that again. Have I not suggested you? Is that what he said? No, he said, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Joshua 1.9 Folks, this is a command of us. It's not a suggestion. Be strong and courageous. Don't be wimpy and try to pretend like you're not a wimp. doesn't say that. It says be strong and courageous. Folks, most people don't want to be Christians. You know why? They look at us and they say, I don't want any part of that. What in the world do I want with that? Those people are afraid all the time. What's the point in having uh, uh, this famous almighty God if, if, if you're fearful and you're afraid all the time? You, you don't have any courage. You don't go into anything. You're weak, falling apart all the time. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Even through those trials, folks. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Matthew 6.34. Let me read that again just in case you missed it. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Folks, tomorrow going to take care of itself. What Tomorrow is going to happen no matter what. Tomorrow is going to happen. Tomorrow is going to happen. Unless God comes and takes you. Unless that turn you make in your car. My uncle, listen, my uncle Kerry was in his own garage. On his little scooter, just cleaned out his uh, vehicle from pumpkin, picking pumpkins all day long with all the kids and the grandkids. He had no idea he was going to die. He looked up, they say he gurgled a little bit, gone. Empty crutches. A lifetime on crutches, empty crutches, praise God. Dancing in heaven. He never had a doubt one, not one day. He didn't worry about tomorrow. You'd say, you'd say to him, aren't you worried, Uncle Kerry? <laughs> what am I going to be worried for? I serve a living God. What am I going to worry for? What's worry going to do? Going to make you taller? Go make your hair grow? And then he'd chuckle. Yeah, worry's, worry's not any good. Don't, don't worry. That's crap. Worry is crap. Tomorrow, worry about itself. Each day has enough troubles of its own. I'll say it this way. You cannot sail on yesterday's wind, good or bad. Sometimes the wind is good. Your sail fills. It's going the direction. You set your rudder just exactly right. You trim your sail, and you are hauling it across these rough seas. Sometimes it's that way, and sometimes you can't get a good wind. But it's yesterday. Good or bad, you're not sailing on yesterday's wind. Today is today. Live today. Be present, fully present today. You can't sail on yesterday's wind. Humble yourselves. This is the if. Humble yourselves. Then under God's mighty hand so that He will lift you up. That's the then. In His own good time. Leave your worries with Him. 
Leave all your worries with him because he cares for you. That's 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. Humble yourselves. That's your if. You want an if-then proposition? That's your if. Humble yourselves. Folks, you better humble yourselves. You don't want God to do it. You do not want God to humble you. He's very effective. I'm here to tell you he's very effective. So that he will lift you up in his own good time. Leave all your worries with him because he cares for you. Tell everyone who is discouraged, be strong and don't be afraid. God is coming to your rescue. Isaiah 35, 4. Some people say, I don't like saying that verse because it sounds like it's Santa Claus. No, that's the Democrat Party. As you see the debates, that was Santa, that, those folks were running for Santa Claus. They weren't running for any kind of president. That was Santa Claus up in here. Tell everyone who is discouraged. Don't tell just the ones you think are going to be receptive. See, that's modern, the postmodern uh, Western religion, the Christianity that is of today, is soft and it's weak and it's fearful. Because they say, look, some people just don't want to hear it. Some people just don't want to hear it. You, just, you need to tell people that seem like they'd be receptive to it. Who does it say tell? It says everyone. Everyone, even the ones who are going to hate you. You'll be hated because of me. Tell everyone who is discouraged. Folks, how many people do you know that are discouraged right now in your life? How many people do you know are discouraged? They're discouraged and they can't lift themselves up out of their discouragement. A cheerful word, it said early. Give them a cheerful word. It'll lift them up. Don't climb in the pit. Don't climb into their chaos. Don't climb into their sorrow. Don't climb into their worry. Help lift them out. And the way you do that is you reach up to heaven and you say, God, here's one that needs you. And you link their hands together. And if they hold on, their life will change forever. Tell everyone who's discouraged, be strong and don't be afraid. God is coming to your rescue. Folks, how many know of somebody who got that bad word? They went to the doctor and they got that bad word. It was the worst possible diagnosis they could get. And you know what? They died. But they were people of faith. They were people of faith and they said, you know what? This is a, this is a journey I'm going. Everybody wants to go to heaven. Nobody wants to die. I know lots and lots of people who sat in a doctor's office one day and was told and were told you're going to die. This will not end well. It will end your life. The natural first question people have is what? How long do I have? When? The true believer asks that question when, not because they're fearful of that coming day, it's because they want to give the love of Christ within them as long and as fully and unafraid as they can. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. Life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you by worrying, can add a single hour to his life. Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? That's Luke 12, 22 through 26. Folks, sometimes it's that big thing. We are so worried about that big thing, but what do we do when we're in that spin cycle of worry? I call it the doom loop. Dr. Lore, James Lore wrote the book Stress for Success. It's a doom loop. And then everything around us becomes a source of fear and worry. Everything. We can't escape it. Can't get away. We can't get away. And we see some, oh, that thing's bad. Whoa, that thing's bad. And then we start looking out even further. We know we're in a storm. It's going to last two to three to four to five weeks. And we start looking out. And we bring stuff in to make the worry worse, to make it worse, to make the stress worse. But God says, look, just take this little thing. Win on that. Get a win on that. Win in faith. Know that I'm not going to leave you be. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm not going to leave you. I made promises that I keep. I'm a promise keeper. You can't add a single hour to your life. Folks, if, in, if at six, my crash was 
uh, April 12, 2012 at 6.18 p.m. You know how I know that? Because that's where the clock stopped on my car. That's the first call that came in. And it was called in as a double fatal. You know who the other dead person was? Me. We just recently heard from two firemen who told me right to my face, Mr. Greener, we're not supposed to talk about this, but I came up to your car and I checked you and you were unresponsive, no pulse. And then the other fireman came up and checked me and said, no pulse. They called it in as a double fatal. They knew the other kid who we knew, Andre Smith, God bless him, he's in heaven today, smiling. They knew he was gone. They did all they could do for him. But I was the other dead guy. And I don't know about you, but I'm alive. Amen. But you see, 618 could have been the last beat of my heart. God saw fit to say not yet. But would my worry have given me another minute? Would my worry have given me this time here? Did my worry turn around the hands of fate and time to say, hey, we're going to let this fellow live. He was just such a good worrier. We're going to let him live. We're just going to let him live. He's gonna give him more time. Like the Democrats, more time and more money. That fixes everything. Our money. Our money. Not their money. But God gave me extra time. I don't know why he did it. I have no idea. It's not because I'm good. It's not because I'm, I'm great. It's not because I'm even remotely good. I don't know why. I'm going to ask him. Maybe I won't. I'll get to heaven and won't care. We always say that, right? We have this big long list of questions. Oh, I'm going to ask the Lord when I get to heaven. I'm going to ask him this and this and this and this. We get in the presence of perfection. Guess what? It no longer matters. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 27.1 The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Folks, if the light and salvation of your life is your paycheck, your disability check, your insurance check, your retirement check, your how your spouse talks to you, how your neighbor talks to you, how who's the president, who's the party in control, what the weather is, you're in deep trouble. You are in deep trouble. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You know, folks, I'll say this. Uh, Bob Hillgroup came to my house and he fixed the railing, all the railings in my stairways because I fall down the steps. And he took the time and it was a mess because you know what they didn't do at our house? They didn't put in studs. <laughs> they didn't put in wall studs. We had 40, 40 some, 40 some inches in between studs. He found a way to do it. Now, you know what I do? I hang on to the handrail. Why? Because I can trust it. I watched how it was fixed and I know I can trust it. I can lean on it. Cast your cares on the Lord and He will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. Psalm 55, 22. Listen, we're going to stop there. I'm going to, I don't want to rush these others. They're worth hearing. I thought maybe I would be finished. But, oh well, Jingle Bells, we're just going to have to do it. We'll have to have one more. And it'll be free of charge. No cost or obligation to you. God bless you and keep you, folks. Radio audience, thank you for listening. We, uh, we apologize for any, hopefully the computer picked up my voice and, and uh, you could hear, but we appreciate you listening and going through all that. God bless you. Join us next time for Sundays with Dr. Sean. And please follow this show and the Collision of Faith and Politics radio show during the week at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash The Ninja Pastor. Second. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at The Ninja Pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio. 
and check out all the free messages, archive shows, and buy Dr. Sean's critically acclaimed book, Excellence Kill the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, at www.drshawngreener.com. Join us during the week.